Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast, episode 24, special edition, Hamsa Intentions, Fight Like a Girl. Welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. It's a podcast discussing health, wellness, coping skills, and self-awareness. I am a recreational therapist, graduate of the University of Florida from the College of Health and Human Performance. My professional experience is working in psychiatric hospitals, nursing homes, outpatient programs, and daily support programs. The populations I have worked with are chemical dependency, adolescents and pediatrics, women's wellness, cancer wellness, geriatrics, and psychiatric patients. My other professional experience is as a motivational speaker and a blogger. So pop in your earbuds, give a listen when you have some time to all my other podcasts, and let's start with episode 24. You can find my podcast on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and Google Podcasts at Wide Open Spaces with Elise or on Podbean at wideopenspaces.podbean.com. Or come and see me at my website, www.wideopenspaceswithelise. I made a commitment to myself that my podcast would always focus on mental health and the world around us, with the exception when there are specific topics that I feel that are important to focus on. I thought long and hard how to distinguish this episode and any of these other type of episodes from all the others. The answer was really right in front of me, the Hamsa Intention episodes. And this is what I will call my special editions from now on. Hamsa is a symbol shaped like a hand. It means a lot of different things to people and religions. The Hamsa or hand symbol has been a focal point for me in my life. I have it on jewelry whenever I leave the house. I have it in my car, I have it in my home. I always have a Hamsa somewhere with me or on me. I look at it as a protection from negative energy, protecting me from danger, but most important, it is an inspirational symbol for me. It's adorned with colors and flowers and beautiful designs. So that was my answer, Hamsa Intention Episodes, which will focus on hard times, monumental events, highlighting the inspiration that can be found in the most tragic or difficult life-changing seasons in our lives. It's my way for wide open spaces with Elise to honor the warriors, the fighters, and the inspirational. This is one of those podcasts. October 2020 is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I know that mental health plays a major part in a breast cancer diagnosis. First, let's talk about the facts about the disease. It is estimated that one in eight U.S. women will develop invasive breast cancer in their lifetime. White and black women have the highest risk 
a developing breast cancer. Belgium has the highest cases of breast cancer in the world. And we must not forget to mention that men can be diagnosed with breast cancer also. I really don't want to focus too much on the statistics for this podcast or the epidemiology of the disease. I want to focus more on the human aspect of this deadly disease. I have to be honest, when working on this podcast, I had to take the time to think of all the women in my life that are survivors or have lost their fight to this cruel disease. It honestly took my breath away. Currently, 13 women that I know in my life have been diagnosed with breast cancer, are survivors, or have passed away. This is why I honor all of them today and why I chose to do a Hamsa Intention special edition, Fight Like a Girl, honoring those who have currently have breast cancer, are survivors, or lost their battle. And do this in the month of October, but every day. They all fight like a girl. I have seen them go through surgery. I have seen the drains. I have seen the scars, the tattooed nipples, the reconstruction, the sickness, and the loss of their hair, and so much more. Each and every one of them found the strength to fight, fight for their lives. For those that I am closest to, I saw more, more of what breast cancer did to them, but not in a negative way. In contrast, I saw the beauty in their eyes and I saw the fight in their eyes. Each one of them, that I had a personal moment with, taught me so much about strength, empowerment, and a sense of admiration. Yes, admiration, because each and every one of them could have given in to the disease, but instead they put the gloves on and fought breast cancer with a heck of a punch. I always carry their fight with me, Even during these times of COVID, I think of their fight and I get up and I move forward. I have asked some of them to share their stories with us today. I want to share their fight and inspiration with you, my listeners. And I'm sure many of you have friends, loved ones, family members who have fought this fight who are going through this fight, or who have lost this fight. So instead of interviewing some of my friends or family verbally by phone, I asked them to write their stories down for me. There's something so powerful in the written word, and I just felt that instead of interviewing them over the phone, and it might have not had the best quality, to have them write their thoughts, their feelings, and experience down. Because I am such a believer in the written word and journaling and how we really internalize it when we write things down. Before I read their words, I would like to thank each and every one of them 
for sharing their story and trusting me to share their voice to the world. So thank you ladies for your courage. I am going to share with you Tracy. Tracy is my sister-in-law. She really was the first person I knew personally who was diagnosed with breast cancer. I remember the exact moment I found out about her diagnosis. And I remember when I first spoke to her that day. I remember calling her and my hand shaking, not knowing quite what to say or respond because it was my first experience with someone that I love with this diagnosis. So when I called her from that first moment, she put those gloves on and began to fight. There is a comment she said to me on the phone that day that I will never forget and I have repeated it many, many times to others. Tracy said, I have cancer, but it's not my life. It is a part of my life and I will not let my life be all about cancer. I saw that she had cancer, but cancer did not consume her life. She even scheduled her chemo around my wedding date to her brother so that she wouldn't feel sick that weekend. She looked beautiful at my wedding with her wig on and she danced and she danced. She looked even more beautiful when she took her wig off because it was so hot with the wig on and she danced even more. I honestly have chills and I can feel my face turning red just reminiscing with you my beautiful memory of her on my special wedding day and weekend. Strength, courage, and beauty. Here is Tracy, my inspirational sister-in-law. Tracy, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 35, I had three children age seven, four, and one. So for me, my mindset was, just tell me what I need to do and let's do it so that I can live to raise my kids. I chose a double mastectomy over a single. I was not freaked out that the treatment included chemotherapy. And my biggest concern about losing my hair was how to explain it to my seven-year-old daughter. My journey was also marked with gratitude for my friends, family, and community that helped feed my family and drive my carpools. When my sister was diagnosed 12 years later, I again went into action mode. I knew that she would be in great hands with my trusted and beloved oncologist. My own children were much more independent, which allowed me to step in and help her with the business of organizing the lives of her three younger boys. Thank you, Tracy, for showing all of us that life can be moved beyond cancer. I love you. And I would like to add that Tracy and her family were featured in a book where they shared their lives. But the beauty of this book that the warriors shared in the book was their beautiful baldness with the whole world. The pictures, I still remember them and I saw the book years ago. How beautiful these women were in their lives, 
just bravely owning the baldness. It was really a beautiful book and very proud that my sister-in-law Tracy and her family were highlighted in the book. The book is titled Turning Heads. It is very empowering to see that beauty. I would like now to share Marnie with you. Marnie is also my sister-in-law. Yes, Tracy's younger sister, who 12 years later after Tracy's diagnosis was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was quite shocking when we found out about her diagnosis. She is the baby in my husband's family and we were shocked. Marnie in her own right fought like a girl and exhibited the utmost of strength and inspiration. Listen to Marnie's words and her fight through her own eyes. Marnie, my breast cancer diagnosis came as a huge shock. My sister had breast cancer and did not test positive for the gene. There was no way that I could have it. Well, I did have breast cancer and I was going to deal with it head on. During this difficult time, I was fortunate to have my sister's help to get the appointments that I needed as quickly as possible. I have never been poked and prodded more in my life, but at least I did not have to wait months and months to get in to see a doctor. It was a whirlwind from the first scan to my first chemo treatment, but I did not want to waste any time. I wanted to get the cancer out of me and move on with my life as soon as possible. People promised that this horrible time would be just a blip in my memory. At the time, I thought they were crazy, but here we are five years later, and I struggled to recall all the details. I had four rounds of chemo and a double mastectomy with a trans flap reconstruction. I do not regret any treatment decisions I made but none of it was easy. There was the typical loss of hair, the loss of taste and desire to eat. There was also pain and fatigue. I missed time with my family and had to take a leave of absence from work, but I fought and survived. And now it is all just a distant memory. We are all stronger than we, than we give ourselves credit for. Cancer has proven that to me and I am never going to forget it. Mar Marnie, my sister-in-law, my sister, thank you for sharing your story with us. I would also like to add that Marnie is raising three boys. The inspiration and strength she has taught those boys through her journey is priceless. They will make great men. Cheryl. Cheryl is one of my best friends. For me, because she lives near me, less than 10 minutes, I was able to physically be a support for her. I saw the disease up close. I remember when she told our friend group she found a lump. I remember each and every one of us telling her, as friends would do, it's nothing, probably a gland or scar tissue. When her biopsy results came back, I will never forget the moment when she said, I have breast cancer. Never forget. I always tell her that she is my inspiration, and here's why. 
Cheryl in her own words. Yesterday was seven years since I was diagnosed with breast cancer. When I look back on that day, what I remember the most was how truly shocked I was. It was something I never thought I was at risk for. So I hadn't let myself think about it actually happening to me. That day changed my life. I had found a lump out of nowhere and really thought it was nothing. My husband and my mom pressured me to call and get the mammogram, which would be my second. I was a few months overdue, but I was only 41 and wasn't worried. Then things changed quick. When I went and got the mammogram and ultrasound, the technician told me the left room and came back with the radiologist. That's when I knew. I got a biopsy that day, but made them tell me they had never seen a tumor like mine that didn't turn out to be cancer. I remember going to my daughter's parent-teacher conference that day like a zombie. I saw my husband cry for the first time and only time that day. I spent the weekend in disbelief and terror. Then two days later, when it was officially confirmed, my reaction was to go full speed ahead. All I could think of was, I can't die. I have to be there for my daughters. I would do more than I had to, go beyond, to stay here for them. As I reviewed my options, I found out that I was positive for the BRCA2 gene mutation, which meant I was not only high-risk breast cancer, but risk also high-risk for ovarian cancer. So I did it all. I had a double mastectomy and a full hysterectomy, all within three months. I felt like the pain didn't matter. The loss of my breast didn't matter. The hysterectomy, young, didn't matter. All that was mattered was make it through this so my girls wouldn't lose their mom. That whole period of time seems like a dream. I feel like I was there, but I wasn't there. It was all so surreal. The waiting to find out if they got it all, if it had spread into my lymph nodes, the relief finding out I hadn't done either, the difficulty recovering, and the shock at losing my breasts. I had expanders immediately and then reconstruction. So I always had something there that looked normal, per se, but I couldn't feel anything and they weren't mine. But still I was so grateful, nothing had spread that I just accepted it all and dealt with it. My family and friends rallied and were there for me and my family and their support also helped get me through recovery. My next hurdle was to see if I needed chemo. I fully expected I would. One of the hardest things was trying to mentally prepare to go through that and to lose my hair. I felt like I had already given up so much of myself and I was praying there wouldn't be more. I looked into doing the cold cap, which some say helps you to keep your hair during chemo. I found out they had much hair had to grow back before you could get hair extensions. I was full speed ahead again, trying to make the best and keep the rest of myself. The day I found out I didn't need chemo was such a relief, and I was again so grateful, but I still needed treatment, tamoxifen. 
I was told taking tamoxifen for 10 years would double my chance of non-reoccurrence from 45% to 92-93%. It was a no-brainer. This medication has bad side effects, and I can say I haven't felt like myself since I've been on it. But it's my only choice, and I can deal with it, to be here. A month later, I had to undergo a full hysterectomy earlier than planned because there was a 10% chance that I had ovarian cancer. An ultrasound had found some suspicious cysts. This time it was even worse. I knew that ovarian cancer was a silent killer and I truly thought that this was it for me. I remember crying hysterically after dropping my daughters off at school. I remember not being able to function. I had to wait two weeks for the hysterectomy to find out my prognosis and those were the scariest two weeks of my life. But again, I was given good news. It wasn't ovarian cancer. I was so relieved and grateful I was okay. I hardly remember the surgery, the pain or the recovery. I know it was hard and uncomfortable, but it seemed so worth it to go through to be able to live and be here. I was doing great, and then a few months after the surgeries, as I was dealing with side effects from the tamoxifen, being tired, having no energy, a lack of serotonin, forgetfulness, symptoms, I still have to this day. I crashed. I got depressed. I couldn't function. Everything hit me. I could have died. What if I hadn't felt that lump? What if, if it hadn't been caught in time? I feel guilty because how could I be depressed? I was so lucky. I was okay. I didn't look sick. I had my hair. I had breasts, even if they weren't mine. How could I feel sorry for myself? Why wasn't I happier? How can I feel like this when so many others weren't as lucky as I was? Which added guilt to the list. It took counseling and time and more medication before I started feeling a little better. And it's gotten better over time. I was always a fairly healthy eater, but cut out more unhealthy things. I became a vegan. I did detoxes and herbs and still do. I went back to exercising regularly. I'm super careful with what I put into my body now and taking good care of myself because it's always in the back of my mind that it can come back. That fear will never go away. I only have three more years left on the tamoxifen and I am hoping when I stop taking it, I'll feel more like myself, but I don't think that's possible because this, this has changed me forever. I will never be the same person. I was before getting diagnosis. I look at my life differently. And as much as I am so grateful and treasure each moment, there are times I still get caught up in life and don't appreciate everything as much as I should. That's when I have to refocus and look at the big picture and make changes so that I can focus on what really matters and remember how lucky I am to be here today and that I've been given a gift I can't waste. Cheryl. I am sure you see now why Cheryl is such an inspiration for me and all of those in her life. I love you, Cheryl. Cheryl is the reason that I am on the committee for an organization called Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. I had been attending their yearly events for years. Attending, in my mind, is not action. I really wanted to make a difference and honor all the women in my life who 
who are survivors or lost their battle. Not My Daughter has done so much for breast cancer research. Denise Hostick is a survivor. Denise will tell us more about her journey and about Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. Here is Denise Hostick. Not My Daughter was founded by a breast cancer survivor and 15 amazing women whose sole purpose was to raise money for breast cancer research and awareness. Their mission was to bring some light to such a dark diagnosis, help those who were less fortunate, and ultimately make a difference. Early on, they enlisted the youth in the community, teaching them about philanthropy and working side by side for a common goal. A future without breast cancer for our daughters. Their flagship event, a massive luncheon and shopping boutique, sold out annually for 10 consecutive years, boasting a crowd of nearly 700 guests and volunteers. Initially, their fundraising went 100% to research initiatives. Several years into Not My Daughter, we became aware of a vital community need, resources for breast cancer patients and survivors, things that were not covered by insurance and unaffordable to most. A partnership was formed with the University of Miami Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center. And in October of 2019, the Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now Patient Support Services Center was opened at the Plantation Florida campus. Here, patients and survivors have access to wigs, prosthetics, therapy, and more. In light of the pandemic, Not My Daughter had to get creative. Our promise to keep the center open remains strong. Thus, a telethon will be held on October 26th with the hopes of continuing to raise money and awareness needed for our community. Denise Hastick. Denise told you that this year we are going to have a telethon. We would not let a pandemic stop the organization from raising money to give support to breast cancer research and care for those fighting the disease. If you have been inspired by the brave women who have shared their stories with us today, and you would like to help financially with a donation, please go to www.notmydaughter.org. That's www.notmydaughter.org. You can also find Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now on Facebook and watch our live telethon on October 26th. We will have some wonderful guests, presentations, raffle baskets. Tune in and if you can, please support this wonderful and inspirational organization. Thank you, Denise Hostick, for sharing your story and your organization with my listeners. I would be totally negligent if I didn't also honor the men in these women's lives. Their husbands had breast cancer because they lived the experience with their wives. They fought with their wives. They are an inspiration. To the women I know who have their fight like a girl stories that were not mentioned on the podcast today, I want to say thank you for fighting and being a warrior. For my friends who are currently going through this battle, we support you, we honor you, you inspire us. To my friend that I have a special unique connection with who is currently fighting this disease, I love you. It might be hard for you right now to see through your strength and inner light, but it is there shining bright to all of us that love you. In the middle of a pandemic, you are fighting like a girl, pink boxing gloves and all. 
to my friend Jackie who lost her battle last year to this disease. Your fight and courage was an inspiration to us all. Your daughters will carry on with your fight and they are continuing on with your fight inside them. May your memory always be a blessing, Jackie. Thank you to my audience for listening to these courageous women's experiences with breast cancer. I really hope you've been inspired by them and the example they have shown you. No matter how hard these times are, we all need to reframe our thoughts and not let a pandemic rule our lives. It is part of our lives. It's changed our lives, but it does not consume our lives. Just like these survivors fought breast cancer, fight like a girl, this podcast is dedicated to these brave ladies and their families. Tracy, Marnie, Haley, Eileen, Megan, Amy, Denise, my great aunt, Baxter Sparkles, Alicia, Cheryl, and Courtney. And Jackie, my friend, may you rest in peace. Thank you to my podcast listeners for giving me the platform to do my part in honoring all women and their families who have had breast cancer in their lives. I am honored to be involved with Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. Again, you can help with this fight by going to www.notmydaughter.org and watch our telephone on Facebook on October 26th at Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. You will see my face there making phone calls and raising money. With that thought, I encourage you to go out and explore all the wide open spaces in your world, my friends. Positive thoughts, positive energy, think pink. Thank you, my friends, for joining me today. Ciao and fight like a girl. Episode 24, Bite Like a Girl, Hamsa Intentions.